What's up, guys? Welcome to Roaring Podcast, where we interview experts in tech and product management, providing insights and tips on how to digitize and automate your business processes. My name is Jesper Kask, and I'm your host. In this episode, we welcome Christian Langren on the show, CEO and founder of iTeam. Known as a bit of an API guru, Christian has an extensive background in software development and digital transformation, using APIs as a foundation for many well-known projects. Enjoy. Okay, so welcome Christian Langren. It's uh, awesome to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. So I figure I, I, I dive right in and sort of start with what, what might be the most difficult question uh, of this podcast. What is an API and how does it work? <laughs> All right, we'll dive right into it. Uh, so the... The, 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 this question is kind of hard uh, because API means so many different things for so many people. So what I'm going to choose now is to limit this question a little bit to talk about web APIs. Uh, and that's usually what people mean anyway. So, But there are a lot of different uh, different types of APIs. Um, so, But web APIs, um, they are uh, what you can say, um, the, the best way to describe them is to just to uh, compare them to an ordinary website for human beings. Um, but instead of having um, all different logos and menu alternatives and uh, nice colors and typefaces and all of that, uh, an API is really, really just the basic stuff. Uh, and an API, a web API, is, is made for, for your, uh, computers to be able to communicate between each other in a standardized way. So, for example, when you go to the tax office and uh, you have their tax logo and you have uh, a login where you log in with your bank ID and things like that, and then you could see your tax returns and you can enter different information, all of that needs a lot of user uh, user interface. Uh, but uh, if the tax office would have an API, the only thing they would have is just Simply, this is your tax return. Here is your uh, information you, you want to you send in. So it's very, very limited uh, and very basic, and it's standardized. So it's always going to look the same. So even if an API, even if a website changes colors and logos and, and things like that, um, uh, an API is designed so it's not going to change as often, which means that every, every computer that is connected to this uh, will always get the same results. And uh, um, so that's why you have this very important to have standards for for different APIs. Mm. So I don't know if that was a, an easy easy way to understand, but uh, that's, that's the usual, usual description. <laughs> I, uh, and I, I think that's one of the, the issues that I noticed having been part of, of an API-driven company at, at Roaring, for example. Uh, there's very few parables used to explain APIs in a simple way. Uh, for a person who's not very technical or, or uh, educated within the, within this space. Uh, one of the ones I found early on was the waiter communicating orders between the dining room of the restaurant and the kitchen, sort of like an intermediate uh, communication thing. Uh, in your opinion, what, what's, what's the best way to explain or, or sort of dummify uh, what APIs really are for someone who's like me? Not really technical. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would I would say it's a website for computers. Uh, so so a computer can have one standardized way to communicate with another one. And remember that the the phone that we have in our pockets, uh, these are also computers. Um, so that's kind of the the most uh, used way for for let's say let's say for example an app 
to communicate with uh, a server, mm-hmm. uh, that's usually done through uh, an API. So the backend, the, the things that the, the apps are communicating with, those those are usually APIs. Mm-hmm. So and that, that's pretty much what we we do uh, when we develop apps. We first of all we we design a very good user interface, and we ask the customer and the and the, the users what what do they want and what goals are they trying to achieve. And then we uh, see what APIs are there that we can use to to facilitate those uh, to, to to facilitate those those needs. And sometimes uh, we also need to develop new APIs, uh, and uh, those APIs are going to be the same. So it's going to be websites for computers. So pretty much that that sums it up for for pretty much the the ninety percent of of the use cases. Mm. And in and in terms of what how this might work in practice or what the user sees as a as a common user for for example now of an app uh, mm-hmm. like you mentioned um what what do they enable and and what role do do apis play in, in digitization in society um so um right now i would say that in the private sector they are central uh, like every every company that uh, have some sort of digital and that's most most companies uh, otherwise they probably don't uh, exist anymore uh, <laughs> if you have some sort of digital uh, uh, offering in some way uh, you probably have already an api, API. Uh, uh, but in the public sector, I would say that the APIs are still not used that much. Uh, you pretty much uh, have every government agency have a website where people and human beings can go in, into and log in as uh, kind of my services or Minasida or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and do their, uh, their, do their services themselves. Uh, but m- not many public uh, uh, municipalities or or government agencies have a- APIs today. So this is something that I I uh, talk about a lot, like in with politicians and uh, and also in the public sector in different in different ways. And uh, uh, because what could happen with kind of the, the public sector if they would start using APIs more. Is that you could start seeing different types of mashup services. So you can, instead of having to go to uh, your school platform to report your kids uh, sick at, in, into the school, and then go to Försäkringskassan to report uh, uh, for VAB or something like that, and then go to your employer and report everything there, and then talk to your customer saying that you're not uh, you're gonna uh, be home today with your kids. All of those things can be merged in together into one very specified app that, that is aiming just for for parents that wants to uh, report kind of their kids to school. And this is just an example, and that's something we could do. Uh, that is something we could do for, for the whole society. Yeah, as a parent, that resonated with me for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Having three kids, I know about all about VAB and, and Försäkringskassan. Yeah. And the, the, today we actually have a really good example of this. Uh, uh, I read this morning, uh, or saw, saw on the news, that the, there's, uh, uh, I think it's six months waiting time to get a new passport here in Sweden. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, and and someone uh, named Lucas, I don't think it's his real name because it's, it, he, I think he wanted to be anonymous, but um, he he developed the Python code that looked through this website for the, for the police and just looked and refreshed the say the page all the, all the time, 
And as soon as it, it arrived uh, a new a new uh, uh, booking time, uh, that meaning someone have re or cancelled their bookings, uh, his script would just book that that uh, that slot for him. <laughs> Uh, which is amazing because that's that's kind of um, uh, a, a good thing for him. And uh, probably if people are in a hurry, they want to get the passport as soon as uh, quick as possible. Uh, but then they they also talked to the police, and the police said uh, were very kind of frustrated with with this, and uh, so that this is a moral problem, and you shouldn't be able to you know go uh, go before anyone else in the queue and things like that. Um, and my reaction is like, okay, but that's that's a weird reaction. Wouldn't it be better if uh, all the all the slots were taken as soon as possible, uh, and that you would have instead have a queue uh, of people waiting uh, to get uh, every cancelled booking, uh, and that queue could be an official service for for the police. And it, wouldn't it be even better if this person, this Lucas guy, uh, were contacted by the police and saying, yeah, this is a good service. Can we adapt that and, and offer that to our customers and mm. maybe have a control over the queue? So, so uh, which also would relieve a lot of time for people waiting, just refreshing pages in their, uh, on their working day uh, and then have just a, a, a service for that to, to have... Uh, uh, rebooking uh, automatically and uh, to get back to the point this is an example where the police could have offered an API and this type of services could have evolved from the from the market so this is something if they would have an API uh, Lucas wouldn't be able wouldn't have to kind of parse the website and remove all the logos and all the text and kind of find himself in a lot of, a lot of uh, problems with with that type of service but instead using an API uh, to do exactly the same thing that he did, and also uh, not have to be anonymous when he reports about this, but rather just uh, send this out as a service to to the uh, to the people. So we could be better at kind of using the resources we have in the in the public sector uh, by doing these type of collaborations between the public sector and the private sector. Mm. And what are some, in your opinion, what are some of the most um, or, or brightest examples where APIs have been used to drive innovation or create change? Um, so I think that the most uh, accepted answer to that question is probably uh, Jeff Bezos and uh, Amazon. Um, they decided, or Jeff Bezos, uh, he decided in 2001 uh, when he learned about APIs uh, that this is something they should do, uh, they should use in their whole business. Uh, they, he he said that nothing is uh, internally uh, even uh, can communicate to another part of their kind of digital infrastructure without having an API. And uh, at that time, they were only a bookstore. So, uh, but they had they had a lot of lot of uh, success, and people were buying books from them. So that meant that some at some point they. Uh, they wanted also to have kind of an interface between their their IT operations and infrastructure develop, uh, department and uh, kind of the developers. Uh, so the developers would have to uh, previously send emails to the to the that IT department, and uh, the IT department would re reply back in email. But after this uh, decision that everything needs to be APIs, uh, they had to develop an API to, to order a server uh, between these depart departments with, internally. 
And that was a huge success because that meant that on both sides, they could you know, uh, automate all of these things. So instead of having to wait for an email and some person would get back from his vacation and then uh, together with his crew, set together kind of the infrastructure that was requested and then send an email back. On both sides, they could just uh, uh, automate all of these things. So the developers, they could just automate that now we need a new server. And the, and the IT infrastructure department could just have their APIs and then automate everything that ne they needed to do to put out uh, kind of virtualization, all that. Uh, so eventually, this this decision that they that Jeff Bezos uh, uh, had made in two thousand one eventually led up to cloud computing. So AWS, that previously just uh, was a bookstore, mm. uh, now became one of the <laughs> the leading uh, firms and the first uh, first company to offer kind of that type of automated infrastructure to to the IT business and uh, now everyone has APIs for 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 doing this uh, so that that's kind of the most uh, most impactful uh, decision and now the Amazon is one of the the most uh, valuable valuable company and Jeff Bezos is one of the, the richest per person uh, in the world so that would be probably the best decision in his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and what makes them so successful? You mentioned Amazon as one example. Google is, is probably another one that they use a lot of APIs um, and that are super API driven. What makes the, these types of companies so successful, do you think? Um, yeah, I think I think it's mainly because they, the, 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 this, these interfaces can replace uh, manual processes. Mm. Uh, so, and you have a standardized way of communicating between different parts of your of your business. Uh, and I heard that Salesforce have eighty percent of their sales in, for their services are through the APIs, uh, meaning that that they have partners uh, that sell their products. Uh, so now they don't have to have their own salespeople. They, they just have an API and, and they're, they're, they're the salesperson that are more connected to the actual customers can just do all of their business automatically through their APIs. So, you know, when you have uh, that low friction for each, for each new sale, uh, because everything is automated, then new businesses uh, can emerge. Uh, businesses that previously wasn't maybe uh, an alternative because the, 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 the transaction cost for each sale would be as high, so you wouldn't be able to, to do any margins on that. But with APIs and all these automations, you will find these new services that was previously not uh, um, um, achievable for, for you to, uh, or cost efficient enough for you to pursue. Mm. And given the fact that there are so many companies uh, and success stories in API-driven companies, uh, we mentioned Amazon, Google, there are plenty more examples. Uh, Stripe is one that comes to mind. Um, why doesn't everyone use APIs? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> 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 I, I, you know, I, I think that uh, most um, most companies would be better off if they had an API because the, you know, when you think about uh, about that type of problem, like we we had a customer with in the taxi business, uh, and the first thing we did with them uh, was to uh, help them develop their own API. Um, so, and that meant that they they, and you know, they just wanted to better, they just wanted a better app. And uh, we saw, said, okay, we can take care of your app. But the app is right now that they had uh, was communicating with directly with their own internal systems. And they had a lot of complexity about these things. So what we did was saying, okay, so let's define an API. Um, 
and that decision alone was kind of what dro drove uh, what helped them to kind of take care of their complexity and their own solutions uh, because uh, right, instead of having kind of uh, lines between each different uh, partners and directly to their own systems, they had just now one interface uh, where they could, uh, you know, have one part of their their business talking to customers and helping them to kind of integrate through their API, and they then and then another uh, team that could work on. Uh, on building kind of and, and take away a lot of their legacy that they had before beneath the API. So what the API is itself uh, enables is kind of having two fronts, one from the out, for outside for the services, but then also front from, from on the inside, because a lot of companies right now, they have built so much legacy and that, that they are maintaining. And, and the only reason why they can't stop using those legacy systems is that they have a lot of a lot of these kind of specialized integrations to different customers that are, are depending on that, that that particular service is still alive. Uh, so the, the reason why we always recommend uh, companies to start looking at the kind of an ha having an API strategy is mo also mo mainly to to have some sort of interface to to then be able to remove a lot of these these old legacy systems and and then uh, point the customers directly to your API instead. So there's a lot of lot of um, uh, reasons for for companies to start looking at having their own APIs, even though they have no idea really what they they're gonna use it for right now. Mm. Eventually, there's gonna be a use for it. <laughs> mm. And so, if we sort of paint the picture where every company has an API, uh, yeah. what kind of innovations would we see, and and what's stopping it right now? Um, yeah, so those are two good questions. I think the the vision is uh, is kind of um, most interesting to 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 talk about. Uh, but uh, um, so so imagine a society where also not only the private sector is using APIs, but also all the public uh, the whole public sector is using APIs. Uh, you would you would find yourself in kind of a situation similar to what they have in in Estonia. In Estonia, they made this decision early on to use web services for all the communication, uh, which means that as a as a citizen in in Estonia, you are you are uh, you will never be uh, have to go into a website and put in information that you already have entered somewhere else. So all these different uh, uh, government agencies are are interconnected to each other. So you will get much better service from uh, you, and it's relieving a lot of uh, time for uh, people to start working on actual their actual work because instead of just having to reply to email every time. Um, uh, and um, and for example, uh, the police uh, or or in in healthcare. Uh, a lot of their, their work today is about administration. They, they take information from one system and they, they, they enter it somewhere else. All of that work is just uh, because they don't have uh, proper APIs between these different systems. Because if they ha would have APIs, then the, the computers could be able to talk to each other instead of having a human being in the, in the middle. And that time that we can uh, free up uh, in, in, in public sector would be so much more valuable if the, that time could be uh, spent on on uh, fixing crime, mm -hmm. uh, getting people uh, more healthy, 
and uh, and getting you know time from teachers to to actually uh, be uh, and helping the kids. So it's a lot of also problems we have today that that is uh, we can we can go back and see this the reason for this these different problems are that the the administration workload for a lot of the the workers um, are spent in these lousy systems. Uh, and another thing that is also uh, interesting now is that you start seeing these, uh, it's called RPA, uh, kind of the robots. They they, call, they have named it really, really well. So they call it the uh, RPA, meaning uh, robotic process automation or something like that, uh, which basically is uh, a script that looks at your screen uh, in one form and finds the information in one system and then it takes that information and then uh, entering it in different other systems uh, by looking at your screen. So that, this is something you kind of automate your business. You automate your day by kind of, instead of having to fill these forms automatically or manually, you can have some sort of robot that, that takes care of this for you. But that's that's kind of the, the worst scenario because then you're kind of forcing these forms to not change at all. Uh, instead of trying to find an API where the form is up here and then you have uh, APIs between these systems that so they can communicate uh, in a good way instead. So the, all of this RPA uh, stuff that is going on right now, this is just a dead end. It's going to lead to a lot of suffering and pain for a, for a lot of human beings. Uh, and it would be much better to spend that time to to think about what what would an API be instead uh, for for communicating between these things. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is the school platform, which is uh, something you've been quite well known for recently and and over the last couple of years. Uh, just explain that briefly. What what is the school platform and, and what happened in that project? <laughs> yeah. So so the school platform. Um, uh, this is a really long story, and it's been covered for in quite a few podcasts. So I'm not going to go into too much details, but but um, pretty much you can say that the school platform is a is a, uh, purchased by the city of Stockholm um, in 2013, and it it was released 2018. So it's a lot of time that between the, the start of the project and and uh, and the release it. And that's always a bad sign when you have a project uh, that of that size that takes five years, and then you're going to launch it with with fanfare and uh, and confetti. Uh, you know, uh, you know that this is going to be bad. Uh, so and and it was so so it's really it was really bad. It was uh, they had it had security flaws. It was uh, really really slow. It didn't work. Uh, none of the parents uh, wanted to use it. None of the teachers wanted to use it. So. It was pretty much a disaster, and uh, when uh, it, I think it was t- 2020, uh, the total cost for the whole project uh, had uh, at that point been up to 120 uh, million dollars. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it's a lot of lot of money, um, just for kind of this type of administration system that uh, that would be able to to help teachers to communicate with parents and to plan kind of uh, schedules and and uh, setting grades for and a lot of lot of administration uh, workload that way they had they was supposed to be uh, ease up their their workload and administration with the system but the 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 reality was quite the opposite so 
they had to take much more time than previously to to use these systems that because they weren't designed for users they were designed for selling uh, products for for consulting companies um, so at that after two years of time because I have three kids and um, uh, I'm, I'm alone and uh, so that means that we have to ha I'm really really dependent on having this information really quickly for me uh, and I was so frustrated with this. So that was when I bought this this uh, hat. Uh, it says uh, Skrota Skolplattform, and, and, uh, uh, which means that you should probably just trash the whole thing. Uh, because I was so frustrated. I, I would much better have an email every week with kind of the, this is the, the homework for the kids and this is what's important for next week. That would be much better for me than having this really lousy system that didn't work. So. Uh, and when I when I published a picture of this hat, a lot of people like contacted me, and and also teachers at the school uh, were uh, were kind of uh, giving me com uh, compliments about the hat. And then I realized that they they was uh, this is this is something that a lot of people feel the same way about, of course. Um, and uh, so that formed kind of a, a movement on creating something else instead. Uh, so what it, what we did was to kind of uh, figure out the the underlying API behind the, the 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 official app, and then from that API we derived an, a user interface that would actually uh, be usable. Uh, and it turned out that a lot of the problems in uh, the school platform today uh, still are problems are related to the front end and not uh, not the APIs. So by just having a new front end, a new app that we made, that was pretty simple, pretty basic. Like you can see the the, the weekly schedule for you and the, your homework for your kids. And if they're gonna bring uh, something to the school, like those things that are really time consuming to find in the old system. We just summarize all of that. So if you have, as me, three kids, you just get a summary of all the kids, what's important for today. So instead of having to spend 10 minutes every day to go into that old platform, I just have one glance in the app and then I know exactly what's going on. Um, and then, you know, a lot of lot of uh, conflict appeared. You would think that this would be something that the, the city was would be happy about, that we are actually coming in and saving their, their hugely expensive uh, projects uh, by doing something that would probably be something uh, they hoped for when having an API. But it turned out that they didn't know that they had an API. <laughs> Oh. So they had an API in the background, but they, the, the city didn't know that they actually had one. Um, and so, and that meant that it's, it's, it was kind of absurd situation where we had, uh, had to explain to them how an API works and that we are not hacking into their system uh, while, because we are using the, their APIs that they actually are documenting uh, in their code. Um, so a lot of lot of kind of uh, frustration on both sides led up to kind of a police report uh, from their side to uh, that of course was uh, turned down by the police that because the police said that this this is not a crime <laughs> uh, 
Um, so, but I think that what's what's really important by that by that whole project was that we could we could explain what an API is and how uh, kind of a better way of looking at digitalization uh, could look like, uh, and also paint a little bit of uh, paint a picture of how a society could look like if the government agencies and the public sector wouldn't necessarily create everything that the the society needs when interacting with the society. But instead of uh, instead maybe uh, count on the on the market to provide different integrations into uh, things that you already have in your in your daily life, and then the society could just uh, provide APIs so that people like me and others could develop the apps that would would help people in their uh, in their daily lives instead. Because uh, if, you know, ideally, I wouldn't have an app at all uh, for getting this information. I would just rather have, uh, you know, talk to Alexa in my kitchen, saying, "What's uh, what are, are when are the kids starting today?" Uh, and the Alexa would re- reply, saying, "William starts at nine, Edward starts at ten thirty, and Sixten starts at uh, in fifteen minutes. You should probably hurry." <laughs> <laughs> At that yeah. that would be much more you know what uh, user ex- experience for me that would be better and, and that, that's something that Stockholm the city of Stockholm would never have the resources to develop or or competence to, to develop but if they would have a good API uh, that's something that the, the market could could uh, develop instead mm. awesome I love that uh, and sort of as we're coming up on time here just finally for for the ones who are listening. If you want to learn more about what APIs can do and how to use them, where do you start? Um, I, actually, I, I would start, if you're in Sweden, I would start looking at uh, apifirst.org. Uh, that's an initiative that we have uh, started just to bring awareness to to uh, what APIs are. Uh, and uh, we have selected the date uh, April 1st as, uh, as a new official API day, API first day. Uh, so it's a little bit of pun intended there. Um, <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, I would be curious. I would look through the different uh, documentation, see good examples, uh, look at um, Stripes, the API documentation, for example, to see uh, how a good API and, and also a good uh, developer experience in within an API uh, is uh, and, and it will require a little bit of, of understanding uh, if you're not used to kind of technical terms. Uh, but this is uh, pretty much the same thing as when web browsers came along. It was daring in the beginning, but after a while you realized that it's, you, have to re- you have to learn what the www means and HTTPS and what, how an email looks like. This is kind of the same thing. There's no easy way to just, you know, explain this other than just putting yourself into kind of the the school again and learn a little bit about what the APIs are. Uh, they are powerful tools for you to make better business, and uh, that's that's what you're gonna you're gonna do. And you know, look at Roaring. You are a good example of this. Uh, you have a good API and a good developer experience, so that's also a good example uh, of of things you can look at. Um, and there's a lot of lot of really good APIs out there. Uh, so ask your developers in your company and uh, and let them d- describe what what could an API in your organization be. Uh, mm. 
and have your workshops with your your post-its uh, and and instead of saying this is a menu alternative in your website this is an endpoint in your api that's pretty much the same thing mm. and going back a little bit to to uh, api first and uh, april first being launched as the official uh, api day um what are some initiatives connected to to that organization and to that day um so this is a this is a kind of a, a a nice idea with a few hours of of coding uh we just put together this website and uh, and what we want it to be is kind of uh, a place where we can connect all of these efforts to bring awareness to what apis are so right now it is it isn't that much but i would hope that people that are listening to this and people that are talking about these things can get together and, and uh, help building this into something that actually can describe better uh, what APIs are. And one, one of our goals is actually also to, to update or suggest updates to the Wikipedia page, because if you th search for APIs, official information about APIs, they're too complicated. You have to have a much easier way to do that. Um, so that's one thing. And, and another thing that we have uh, made last year uh, was also to, to have a prize for the Sweden's best API. Um, that uh, yes, uh, uh, last year was uh, uh, Arbetsförmedlingens uh, Jobstream, their API for mm -hmm. that, uh, that won that, that prize, which is awesome. Uh, government agency making the actual best API that our jury of really, really awesome people. Uh, looked at, uh, I think it was 50 nominations of, of different APIs in Sweden. So yeah, that was that was super. And we intend to do the same thing this year. So keep an eye on that. And we hope that we get uh, enough sponsors to do it with uh, even more uh, more categories. So so we have one category for web APIs and another category for kind of embedded APIs and things like that. Um, so keep an eye about of, of that, and please, please, if you are interested in these questions, uh, be part of our group. We have a Discord, and we have fun. <laughs> Super, that's awesome. Uh, listen, Christian, it was great having you on. I really appreciate you taking the time, and and uh, I hope to see you soon again. Of course, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> You've been listening to an episode of a Roaring Podcast by Roaring IO. Feel free to share it with your friend, colleague, or peer if you liked it. If you wish to stay connected to us, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.